0: Welcome to Circle 3 Cowboy Fellowship's podcast. We are patriots, unafraid and unashamed to speak the truth and spread the gospel. Today's message is from Gary Lear. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. I've seen over the course of my life, and I've been most of my life, pretty much with the exception of about six years of it, I think, in church. So I have had a lot of experience in church. And I've just witnessed over the years how different uh, doctrines and different pastors will use different scriptures to, to push their point, I guess. And I, maybe I'm no different. I don't know. I try, to, I try to read the Bible for what it says. And I've learned that when reading the Bible, it's very important to understand the context in which scriptures are being written and the purpose that they're being written for. Um, you know, not every single word in the Bible was necessarily meant to be applicable all the time today. I believe every word of the Bible is the inspired word of God, without a doubt, and I believe it had a purpose. But for instance, uh, Paul wrote, it's best for a man not to marry. Now, does that mean that we're all sinning because we're married? We need to understand what the reason for some of the writings were. So Paul wrote most of his epistles to the churches, and they were often timed to deal with specific issues that that church would, was, was undergoing. It not, wasn't necessarily meant to say, well, that all churches in all parts of the country across all different cultures to span for the next 2,000 years have to do it this way. Perfect example. As Paul was teaching the Timothy and talking uh, about how to build churches and to build pastors, if you listen to what Paul says, a woman should never be a pastor. Well, I don't necessarily think that that applies today. I went to Bible college with several women who were studying to be pastors. Probably better pastors than me. I I, I don't think their gender matters so much today in today's day and age. If it works, go with it. The Wesleyan denomination has several pastors who are women on the on the. District. Romans was written specifically to the churches in Rome. One of the hot topics that Paul was dealing with when he wrote the epistle of Romans was the fact that you had Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And the Jewish Christians were trying to teach the Gentile Christians that to be a Christian you had to basically become Jew first. Meaning you had to live by the Mosaic law. And that wasn't right. Because Paul was not preaching that we have salvation through works. We have salvation by grace and faith. So this was a topic that he was addressing for those churches specifically. There's a lot in the Scripture that you have to discern and you have to understand. For instance, Exodus chapter 21, verses 20 through 27. Anyone who beats their male or female slave with a rod must be punished if the slave dies as a direct result. But they are not to be punished if the slave recovers after a day or two, since the slave is their property. If any people are fighting and hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. But if there is a serious injury, you are to take the life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. An owner who hits his male or female slave in the eye and destroys it must let the slave go free and compensate for the eye. And an owner who knocks out the tooth of a male or female slave must let the slave go free to compensate for the tooth. So what are we to make of that? that it's okay to have slaves? Well, back then it was. It was accepted. Why is it not accepted today? I don't get paid enough to answer that question. I don't know the mind of God. I cannot understand all of God's ways, and I don't think any of us are meant to. But back then it was accepted, it was culturally relevant, and it mattered, so they had laws pertaining to it. But those laws don't exactly mean much to us today, does it? It's okay to hit a slave, and as long as they recover within a couple days, you're good to go. But if four days down the road, they're still laying in bed, we got a problem. I'm glad we don't have to live by all of those laws. We have to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and that's it. But so much has to be discerned. And I know those laws were applicable back then. Those were the words of God. God handed those laws down to Moses and God had a purpose for those laws back then. But laws like that no longer apply today. Another example of how laws over time have changed. We've all heard of, well as a rule of thumb. While he laughs, I think he knows where I'm going with this. Do we know what a rule of thumb really was? In England, the rule of thumb was this. A man could not beat his wife with a stick larger than the girth of his thumb. Now, does that rule apply today? Is that to imply that it's okay to beat your wife? Well, I found out yesterday it's not. Because she beats back. And the rule of thumb doesn't apply to her, so I use a switch and she use a club. By the way, for those of you who don't know me, you have to learn to discern what comes out of my mouth that you want to remember and what comes out of my mouth that you want to forget. Most of you who have attended on a regular basis have that figured out. Cindy laughs at the new people because their face just drops sometimes. They don't know what to think. So that brings me to Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 2. Paul wrote to the Romans, again, he was writing to the churches in Rome and he was dealing with specific issues, and I'll explain kind of where this came from in a minute, but it says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God, consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against God, what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. The church has used this scripture as a way of hiding behind it for centuries. First of all, what Paul was dealing with. At the time that he wrote this, Nero would have been just coming into power in Rome. Nero was 16 years old. It says that early in Nero's uh, reign that his mother actually did the governing. So obviously you had some questions about his authority, the legitimacy of his rule. Paul was addressing that issue. Later on down the road, some churches used this scripture as a reason to argue against the United States' Revolutionary War. They were using this scripture to argue against it. Just recently, a few weeks ago, I ran into a pastor that I've known who shared with me that their church was in complete compliance with all the new, and I use the word loosely, laws, because laws aren't written by governors by executive order, but that's another topic for another time. But they were complying because the scripture tells us that we have to comply until such time it's convenient not to. And so I don't know if it was his way of trying to shame me for not complying. (laughs) Because everybody knows that we were the first church in the area to open our doors back up. Fully prepared to be hauled out of here in handcuffs that morning. I'm glad I wasn't. But what we need to do, first of all, is understand the context of what Paul was dealing with. Paul was dealing with a specific issue at a specific time under a specific government. Those people at that time lived under a dictatorship government. It was different. Under a dictatorship government, the public are subjects of the dictator. I believe what Paul said, though, when he says, The authorities that exist have been established by God. In the United States, today, right here, right now, we are Americans. We're still Americans. Even though COVID has come, we are still Americans. Even though there's unrest in our country, we are still Americans. And that means something to me. And I think it should mean something to you, too. Because we don't live under dictatorship. We are a free people protected from government by our Constitution. And we need to understand that. Our government are not, is not our rulers. As a matter of fact, they work for us, per our Constitution. So we don't live under a dictatorship. That means when we have a governor that wants to sign an article that says you can't do this and you can't do that, we can tell him where to stick it and remind him who he works for. I believe that Paul was right, that God establishes governments. And our Constitution was written by men who were inspired by God, do you think it's any accident that we were known as one nation under God, indivisible? I understand that there are certain liberal groups that are removing that part now. One nation under God, indivisible. But that's what we are. As Americans, that's what we are. But now a large portion of our government is being run by men and women who are no longer inspired by God. Who actually want to take away the freedoms that are given to us by the Constitution to worship God. You don't believe me? Look at what's happening in California. Now I've been told, and I have not gone out and confirmed this for myself, but I have been told that there is an entire church congregation that has relocated from California to Montrose the whole congregation packed up and apparently they meet here in town and many of them have absolutely packed up and relocated here the whole church the whole congregation because of the religious persecution that is taking place in california and that's what it is folks we are protected by our constitution a constitution that was written by men who were following what they believed was the leading of the holy spirit To create a country where we are free to worship, free to be free men and women, and protected by a constitution of laws that are the supreme law of the land. See, the constitution is our law. Our lawmakers are subjects of the constitution and subjects of the people. But it seems that we're forgetting that. And it seems that as Americans, we're allowing that. Case in point, recently I was watching on the news how a certain female politician from San Francisco, I need not use her name, you know who I'm talking about, who thinks that all the hair salons should be closed to everyone except her. And she should be allowed to go and have her hair done. Folks, there is not enough cosmetics in the world to improve that woman's appearance. I'm telling you that right now. But why? Why is she so privileged when it's her that's working for us? That's the way it's supposed to be. But they forgot that. They're forgetting that. We need to remind them we are Americans. We have a Constitution. Congress makes laws that they expect us to follow, but they themselves don't have to follow. Case in point, Obamacare. And now they're all worried that this new Supreme Court judge is going to overturn Obamacare. What do they care? They don't have to follow it. They just want us to follow it. There was a politician by the name of Daniel Webster who in a speech said this to the Senate in 1830, It is, sir, the people's constitution, the people's government made for the people, made by the people, and answerable to the people. The people of the United States have declared that this constitution shall be the supreme law. We must either admit the proposition or dispute their authority. See, this is a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, as Abraham Lincoln said in the Gettysburg Address. And I always thought that he pinned that phrase, but he didn't. He actually borrowed it from several others who used that phrase in several other speeches years prior. I believe people who want to take Romans chapter 13 and hide behind it and take the easy route and not stand up for Jesus and say, oh, no, we have to cower, are nothing more than cowards. And I'm going to say it publicly. Any church who is hiding behind this today are a bunch of cowards. And I could get hate mail for it and I don't care, bring it on. But the truth of the matter is, if you can't stand up now, what makes you think you can stand up when it really counts, when your life is on the line? Romans 13 was dealing with a specific time, a specific people, under a specific circumstance. But I want to bring you back to Acts chapter 5, verses 28 through 29. This was right after Pentecost. Pentecost. Peter and the apostles and all the, all the followers of Jesus and there were coming thousands of them by now. And Peter and them, they were out and they were preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus, in the resurrection of Jesus. And the Sadducees came and it says, We have given you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teachings and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. You need to understand that prior to this, They were arrested. Peter and them were arrested by the Sanhedrin. That was the ruling party. And they were imprisoned. They were locked in prison for preaching about Jesus. And then they were warned not to do it anymore. And in the middle of the night, God sent an angel to come unlock the prison and they walked out. Not only did it unlock the door, but they unlocked all the chains that they and the other prisoners were bound by and they all walked out. And the very next morning... The Sanhedrin comes and they find them preaching in the streets again. And this was Peter's response. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The Word of God says we're to worship our Lord and Jesus. We're commanded by Jesus in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, to take and share the Word, share what has been taught to us, to all the corners of the earth. We're given the right by our constitution to worship and not be hindered by our government. That is in our first amendment. So I have no intention of yielding. We're going to stand for Jesus at Circle 3. As I said before, anyone who is willing to hide and cower and go along with in my book are cowards. And this is what the Bible says about cowards. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the adulterers, and the liars, they will be confined to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. You see where God classifies cowards? right there with the most vile. If you're not willing to stand up for Jesus, I wonder how long Jesus will stand up for you. Folks, we've got the advantage of the Holy Spirit, and I've preached about this before, and I've talked about this before. I like to refer to the pre-Pentecostal Peter and the post-Pentecostal Peter. Once he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, the pre-Pentecostal Peter denied knowing Jesus to a servant girl three times the night Jesus was arrested. He cowered and denied knowing him. But once Christ had rose, once Christ had, had had showed him that he forgave him and that he loved him and ascended into heaven and promised the Spirit, he sent the Spirit. And by the emboldening and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, Jesus went out and defied the government and said, I will not follow man, I will follow God. Folks, we are post-Pentecostal Christians. We have the Holy Spirit here today. We can be emboldened by the Holy Spirit, and we have to stand with the Holy Spirit. That means when you go to church on Sunday. That means when you go to school. That means in an election year when it's time to vote. By the way, don't trust the mail-in ballots. That's just my opinion. So many times, my sermons come to me because of things that have happened throughout the week. God puts things in my path. God puts things in my life. That's what inspires the sermon, and then the Holy Spirit kind of takes over from there. This week, we allowed the Montrose FFA group to meet in our building and have a little meet and greet. And they came in on uh, Friday night, I believe it was, and, and cooked hamburgers and had a little fellowship time here. And that night I learned that they're not being allowed to meet at the school. I am so disappointed with the Montrose School District, it's not even funny. And I typically don't dive into matters like this because my kids are grown and gone and I typically don't give a whole lot of thought to what the school district does. But it was brought to my attention today that they were told they were not allowed to meet. When questioned about it, One of the leaders says, well, what about the football team? Are they practicing? Well, yeah, the football team's practicing. Well, why can't we meet? Well, football are in season. You guys aren't. What in the heck does that have to do with COVID, people? And explain to me when agriculture is out of season. Let me think. Uh, The whole country shut down a few months ago, except for farmers, construction workers, mechanics, truck drivers, healthcare." We were all considered essential. While the rest of the cowards had to hide in their basements, we kept working. Farmers kept growing. Cows had to be fed. Sheep had to be sheared. Horses had to be ridden, and steers had to be roped. FFA stands for the Future Farmers of America. Farmers and ranchers are the most essential in our country. My best friend farms and raises a lot of cattle back in Missouri, and he takes the big equipment that folds up and goes down the road, and yes, it takes up a lot of traffic, and people come around and honk and holler and fly him the bird and cuss and carry on. Well, one day somebody cornered him and started in on him, and he says, where do you think that food comes from that you eat? Well, the grocery store. So why is football more important than something as essential as our future farmers of America, I ask? I have watched as these football cowards, and I am done with the NFL and professional sports, kneel and protest and carry on and still make their millions. For what? Playing a game that don't feed nobody. And we're teaching our kids in this valley that the football team is more important than our future farmers. Folks, I'm going to try to keep it clean, but I am with a capital p off over this deal. So I say this, Circle 3, and I told them the other night, we will support the FFA. Now, the, thart, the part that What me off even more was to find out that the the school district was going to quarantine the FFA kids if they get together off campus. At what point in time does the school board get to say what our kids do and don't do when they're not at school? So I know we've probably got a few FFA kids here, and I think the little guy that was here the other night might be the president, and I told him to. Anything the FFA wants to do, Circle 3 will sponsor on behalf of the FFA. So we'll just wait and see how this all plays out. People, we have to start standing up. We're Americans for Pete's sake. We can't just lay down and let our rights be trampled or we won't have any rights. And I do not believe the word of God tells us we have to. As a matter of fact, Peter and the apostles, they stood for their rights. They stood for their rights all the way to the end. I want to leave you with this last verse, and it's found in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 8. It says, the wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. My call to you today, to God's people, to Americans who are God's people, let's be lions. Let's stop being sheep. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we lift you up. We exalt you for what you mean to us and what you've done for us. You sent your one and only son to die on the cross for us that we can have everlasting life. And Lord, we have got to keep pushing that message. We need the whole world to know this, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you be with each and every one of us here. Help us to be lions for you, for your cause. Help us to stand and to to, to be post-Pentecostal Peters, if so. I just pray for that as we go forward. Pray that all things we do here at Circle 3, we do for your glory. I continue to lift up the prayer requests of the church as I think of the Ward family and others, Wes uh, Wes Jones and, and those who are dealing with sickness. I think of Linda and Roger, Rash. Lord, I just pray for comfort and healing for all who need healing. All this, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you'd like to but you're not really sure how please feel free to email us at circle3podcast at gmail.com again that's circle the number three podcast at gmail.com we would love to help you out if you enjoyed this episode go ahead and click follow that way you never miss a message cowboy churches are the fastest growing in the nation so there's sure to be one near you if you'd like to try it out have a great day see you next time